This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? Book and pretend that our child has come to you and said, Daddy, read me a good night story. Once upon a time in the woods lived a peasant. He was a good man with a noble heart. He spent his time in the forest coring down bujus from the trees. <laughs> wait, 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 just a minute. What is this bujus? <laughs> That's bows. B O U G H is bow? Right. Bow. Cutting wood all day made his hands strong and raw. One day... That's rough. Spelled the same way as the other. O-U-G-H. That's right. Made his hands strong and rough. One day he cut wood so fast that by three o'clock in the afternoon his day's work was thruff. <laughs> BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Sharmila, Arvin, and sitting in for Lynn, Cam. Thank Hello. you, Cam. Hello. Thank you for having me. And that clip, um, if you haven't recognized it already, is from I Love Lucy. And that's because today we are talking about sitcoms, specifically how the sitcom is evolving. So this actually comes from a uh, throwback that we, well, not a throwback, a stuff we missed that we did on Tuesday uh, of shrinking, which led to a lot of discussion between me, Arvind and Lynn about um, Really, is it a sitcom? Um, how is the, mm. the idea of what a sitcom is, how it's presented, how humour works within it and how that's evolving? So we had to start with the one of the OGs, I think, I Love Lucy, because I think it provides a really interesting uh, beginning to this discussion of how the sitcom began in many ways and where it's ended up. So we are doing like, uh, we're sort of drawing a line between the older sitcoms and newer sitcoms, right? And we're focusing, not I wouldn't say mostly, but we are focusing on newer sitcoms and the new batch of sitcoms that have come out. What kind of metrics do you guys think we should use when we define? Because I would say something like The Office is still considered a new-ish sitcom, even though it hasn't been on air for many, many, many years. Whereas we're not talking about Friends or Seinfeld or even Cheers as quote-unquote, modern sitcoms, because they are lumped with the, with the classics and the older ones. So there have to be some sort of metrics, right? Ageism. That's what, that, that, that's what <laughs> I'm sensing, ageism. Well, first of all, I guess it's, it's a half hour, television half hour. Mm. And it's not a sketch show. Uh, there is a, a story inside it and, and repeating characters is, is a sitcom. And in terms of age, I, I do put friends and... Cheers, etc., in the modern category because I'm I guess I'm older than you, I suppose. I mean, that must be the case. Just a little bit. I mean, unless you're saying <laughs> that the 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 modern sitcom is playing with the medium mm. much more in the way that, say, mm. Modern Family has this kind of faux documentary feel, as if which The Office does as well, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Office, so they're all of that batch: Office, Parks and Rec, uh, Modern Family, which all have that because they're they're doing a send up of the reality TV trope, yeah. where it's a documentary. So, I 
I love The Office. I still rewatch it often. But to me, it's definitely feeling like it's old. So newer than Friends, uh, but it doesn't feel because it doesn't do the it doesn't it, it changes the way it's presented. But The Office still already feels old to me in terms of format mm. um, and and how I might uh, think of what a sitcom is. But, but also the age thing would be what well, is very visual. You instantly see, and one is that the the studio bound multi camera. Um, yes. sitcom yeah. is sort of like being phased out. I think we will mention, for instance, Big Bang Theory, which is which is a modern one. That is multi-camera. And now you're going for a single camera shoot, which would be Arrested Development, um, Modern Family. Mm. But with um, I Love Lucy being one of the granddaddies of grandmothers of uh, the sitcom, <laughs> they actually involved, invented the, the, the language. Desi Arnaz, who you heard there, who is the husband of Lucille Ball, who was a who was a movie star, who then moved across to television, and they created the show. They found that when they first made it, it was not funny. It was not did not look good. So Desi Arnaz actually created the multi camera where they shot on thirty five millimeter. Right. Yes, yeah, uh, and all of the friends etc. shot on thirty five millimeter ever since. Um, but that's going. That style. So maybe when you say modern, it's that that instant aesthetic is like, oh, wait a second, that's that's really old fashioned. Well, I was going to say because a Ted Lasso or Shrinking looks like prestige drama. It doesn't look like a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Um, it even has like the aspect ratio yes, of like a movie. Yes. So mm. in a in a sense, actually, is that even a sitcom? It's not even half an hour anymore because with streaming, it's not confined True, yeah. to that ad slot um, uh, format. Uh, but before we get further into this conversation, I did want to say we are open to hear from you on all sitcoms that you've loved, both past and present. Send us um, your favorites. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred send us a voice note or whatsapp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine tweet us at bfm radio uh, we will be back after this for more but in the meantime a little bit of big bang theory oh look saturn three is on i don't want to watch saturn three deep space nine is better how is deep space nine better than saturn three simple subtraction will tell you it's six better <laughs> Compromise, watch Babylon 5. <laughs> In what sense is that a compromise? Well, five is part way between three? Never mind. I'll tell you what, how about we go rock, paper, scissors? Ooh, I don't think so. No. Anecdotal evidence suggests that in a game of rock, paper, scissors, players familiar with each other will tie 75 to 80% of the time due to the limited number of outcomes. I suggest rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock. <laughs> What? It's very simple. Look, scissors cuts paper. Paper covers rock. Rock crushes lizard. Lizard poisons Spock. Spock smashes scissors. Scissors decapitates lizard. Lizard eats paper. Paper disproves Spock. Spock vaporizes rock. And as it always has, rock crushes scissors. Okay, I think I got it. Begin fun moments. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Is it any wonder, Claire? What are you wearing? Yeah, you look like a f***ing provo. Look, I don't want anyone recognizing me, okay? No one's gonna recognize you, Claire. Claire Devlin, is that you? Relax, Claire. It's the weekend. She has no authority over us at the weekend. She has no right to question us. And if she tries to, I'll tell her as much. Morning, girls. Morning. Morning, Sister Morning. Michael. What takes you to Belfast? I'm not really sure that... Speak up. I'm not really sure that that's any of your... 
Business. I'm going to assume that was an ill-judged attempt at humour, Miss Quinn. Yes. Now answer the question. Going to the museum. Which museum? Ulster Museum. What for? A project, a history project. What about? Ulster. Hmm. <laughs> history project! This web of lies we're spinning is getting out of control now, girls. Is Grand Claire think she bought it? Of course she didn't buy it. She's auntie, I'm telling you. God, I'm sweltered here. Then take it off. I can't take it off. I've done it underneath it. What? Not even a bra. Claire, you've no brown. Of course I've got a bra on. I haven't got a brown. Can everyone please stop saying bra? BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Sharmila, Arvin and Cam. And we're talking about how sitcoms are evolving. So we'd like to hear from you as well. Tell us your favourite sitcoms, past or present. You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Now that was a clip from a show that two of us have watched and loved. Cam and I have watched Dairy Girls. I think we unreservedly love I, it. I absolutely love it. It is stunningly amazing. You haven't watched it? I, I haven't seen it yet. It's on I, my list. I right. first forced Lynn into it. We're still now working on Arvin. <laughs> and I think it's on his playlist. It's on my playlist. It's been on my playlist for the longest time. Right. So it is set in the 1990s. It is set in Northern Ireland. Um, it's a group of Catholic schoolgirls and one boy. Mm. Uh, de facto girl yeah de facto girl she's he's also a dairy girl and um it's so it's kind of set in the tail end of what was called the troubles the 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 civil war as it were there and it it it's social history as much as it is a history of a story of family and of friends but also the location and the setting is unknown to a wider british audience um so it 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 sort of has to explain itself as it goes along, which means for an f- overseas audience, it is just as known or unknown as for a British audience. So it's very understandable. Mm. I mean, the accents are crazy, but... No, but, I. Mm. so the accent... Okay, so I, I don't know whether you're supposed to laugh at the accent sometimes, but I think the accent certainly add to the humour. Um, outrage is really funny when it's done mm, with yeah. an Irish accent. Um, but I, I completely agree with you, Cam, that part of the... The amazing thing about Dairy Girls is the fact that it's actually about very serious things. It's about a group of young people growing up against this backdrop of difficult conflict, of, of um, civil war almost. And the fact that the the show basically balances between what it means to be human and live through human experiences like puberty and falling in love and fashion and the first time you have sex um, versus these much larger forces that you don't have control over. So in a way, I'm actually not even sure if it qualifies as a sitcom just because of how serious it is. Ah, see, so that's the those are the metrics that I was talking mm. about. Um, but it's so funny. Mm. It's it, so funny. If you if you compare that to something that came out in maybe the 90s or the early 2000s, I think those shows would prioritize laughs ahead of everything else. So if you wanted to talk about something serious or you had like a socio-political thing that was happening that was timely at the at the time, you would have to use bits and pieces of that in small percentages, but then the laugh had to get the, the main focus and the spotlight because it has to be a sitcom at the end of the day. I don't think that's how sitcoms work anymore. Like you can be a sitcom, but you can also be very serious and sad and deep and dark. Well, I, I, the advantage that 
British sitcoms. We call them sitcoms, but they're very different from American ones because mm. the seasons are mm. 12 episodes maximum. could be six. Whereas an American one has to be half a year. That's 25 episodes. And they cannot um, be time-specific. You have to be able to ideally jump in at any point and get it as much season one, season two, because they're on repeat all the time. Whereas the British ones, you can stick with them to the end because your commitment level is much, much less. <laughs> and, um, and therefore, you can have these internal stories. In the case of, say, Friends, uh, Friends had a, a, a moment of crisis because when 9-11 happened and the airplanes crashed into the Twin Towers, it's set in New York. And Friends is on. It's the biggest show in the world. How do they react to that? It's in their opening title sequence, the Twin Towers. Mm -hmm. they, so they chose to ignore it because they would assume that their program programs can be watched 10 years later, 20 years later. And people aren't going to be caring about it so much. So, yeah, so when we say about the internal storylines, you mentioned Ted Lasso, also limited season uh, series. You can pl you can do so much more, I think, with the short seasons. Well, is Ted Lasso limited, though? Because even though it was supposed to end the season, now the creators have come out to say, maybe not, which is a very no, American... They said maybe not. Um, I think they were saying that there's a possibility that there may be more or adjacent stories that they might explore. Oh, but, it's only, no. but it's only 12 episodes or so? Ah, yes, that's yeah. true. It that, doesn't have I mean. the, the sort of full... 24-episode season that the traditional sitcoms yeah. used to have. So um, actually, your point about uh, non-American sitcoms, I think is really quite interesting because the other show that I can think of that did this uh, trauma and conflict um, very well was Blackadder, particularly the, yeah. the the season that dealt with World War One, um, And these really funny, ridiculous, witty things happening in the foreground against the backdrop of war. But again, I think they couldn't have done that for eight seasons. It just no. wouldn't have worked. No. Yeah. yeah. But it's also, I find it really interesting how um, there are these, I wouldn't say peaks and valleys, but these shifts that happen with sitcoms, right? So older sitcoms, you would get them quote-unquote, going out more. So you would see like the sets would be sort of bigger or more outdoorsy and they would be more situational than newer sitcoms, again, from the, the late 80s, 90s and 2000s. And then that block of sitcoms like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Friends and Seinfeld, you would have very limited set pieces. Like you would have an apartment or a house, one street, one shop. And very domestic. Shop, and super, super domestic. Mm. And I don't know I don't know what influences something like that, but I feel like the older sitcoms could deal with bigger topics because they were bigger in size and scale, if that makes sense, compared to the very boxed-in sitcoms that came after. But the boxed-in sitcoms are more popular. I think because actually what Cam said, that they feel a, a bit more timeless, right? Mm. You can rewatch a Friends or, or um, a Cheers and you kind of recognize that a lot of these dynamics haven't necessarily changed. This is how groups of friends would relate yeah. to each other. This is how friends at a bar who see each other every evening might talk to each other. Um, whereas like something that's more related to historical events or something that's very obviously set in a certain time... Uh, doesn't tend to age it very well. Um, Seinfeld, for instance, for me, while I actually still enjoy it, feels much more dated than Friends, even though they weren't very far apart in terms of when they came out. I was never a fan of Seinfeld. Interesting. Yeah. I I tried it. I didn't like it. Uh, it's like, hmm. don't do drugs, kids. It's like... <laughs> it's like um, no, I... I, I mm, 
it, it should have ticked boxes. I like something that tries to be about nothing. Um, and I think that if you can achieve success on that, but the characters annoyed the hell out of me. Good actors, not Seinfeld, terrible actors. And it didn't <laughs> matter that they actually meant to annoy you? Because I, I quite like that about that show. I don't think you're meant to enjoy their company. Okay. They're meant to grate at you just enough, but they're still funny. So yeah. I, I, I didn't enjoy Seinfeld in the star. Mm. Um, I've come to like it now, like over the last couple of years really? and before that i never paid attention i didn't didn't bother i didn't get the jokes i was like oh it's, a, it's an old sitcom you know whatever uh, but then over the last couple of years i've binged seinfeld like mm. every, like because it's on streaming it's on netflix so every time i get a chance i'll watch a couple of episodes and i like it maybe maybe mm. i should then I, I but i think that speaking of seinfeld and uh, julia Louis Dreyfus. Louis Dreyfus. and your question about the oven your question about the sitcom changing and everything veep Mm. Yes. Um, Veep. Uh, yeah, is Veep a sitcom? Uh, it's on HBO for a start. So mm. HBO do things differently. They make it filmic. Yes. But it is half an hour. And um, it, it has a. It's, it's half an hour. For me, if it's half, if it's half an hour, it's a sitcom. I think it's a sitcom. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. Veep is structured as a sitcom, but then it tries to do a little bit more, right? Um, I just wanted to bring up this. Uh, Sharon has just messaged in, and when we talked about conflict, Sharon is saying, do discuss MASH. And actually, MASH really did do the humor versus realities of war very, very well. Yeah, it also lasted longer than the Korean War itself. <laughs> it <laughs> By did. about five years. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then when it did finally finish, I think for the, for its time, it had the largest uh, TV audience ever. And the, the largest uh, largest audience watching in uh, tuning in for the finale. If yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Sarah says um, on that uh, British show's vein, yes, Minister, and then says Frasier. Oh, Frasier is a good one. I love Frasier. I love Frasier. I love Frasier. Um, it's it, so rewatchable. It is so rewatchable. The language is fantastic. And if you say British ones and and things that have perhaps died a death, we must we must talk about the most popular sitcom in Malaysian history. Mm-hmm. Which would be Mind Your Language. Uh, mm-hmm. So actually, someone brought that up. Uh, an anonymous listener said, Mind Your Language, Wonder Years, classic bests. Mind Your Language was like <coughs> a staple, right, for anyone growing up here? Absolutely. But the thing is that in Britain itself, that the, the, the tapes of those would be locked in a vault alongside the smallpox virus. I mean, <laughs> it's like nobody talks about that show because it's considered to be astonishingly racist. But Malaysian audiences, on the other hand, are like completely cool with it. Well, that's because most Malaysians have a healthy streak of racism Absolutely. that they disguise as humor. Absolutely. So it lives on in this country. Your younger audiences won't know it because, you know, they don't watch RTM anymore. But um, mm. anyone over the age of, what, 35, 40, it's going to be like everyone knows Mind Your Language. It's such a nostalgic piece, right, from that, from that time. It is. Sometimes I watch clips, I still laugh, but feel a bit guilty. Can I just say that I've seen a couple of clips recently. I've YouTubed them. A lot of the jokes are clever. And I think, I'm not sure if it's actually racism or if they're just trying to make fun of themselves. And because I think, the, I think the, because, um, you the, know what I mean? The, okay, the, the, the British accented people <laughs> yeah. are as much the butt of jokes 
as exactly, everyone else. Exactly. So that's what I mean. I don't know. I think if ever you're asking yourself a question about anything, is this racist? <laughs> is it racist? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> well, on that cheery note, I actually wanted to read this message we had from Daphne about Ted Lasso, but we don't have time on this side of things. So Daphne, we have it. We'll get to it later because there's stuff to discuss. But we are talking about sitcoms. Tell us your favourites, whether past or present. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Here's a little bit of Ted Lasso. The referee looks at his watch, and that's half time. What kind of reception awaits Lasso in his locker room? Hey, sit down. Listen, we got ourselves a tie game. Nice work. Fellas, we're broken. We need to change. And look, I know change can be scary. One minute, you're playing freeze tag out there at recess with all your buddies. Next thing you know, you're getting zits, your voice gets low, and every time your art teacher, Miss Scanlon, leans over your desk to check and see how your project's going, you feel all squiggly inside. <laughs> mm. She was a striking woman. Not classically beautiful, but striking. Most of the time, change is a good thing. I think that's what it's all about, embracing change, being brave, doing whatever you have to so that everyone in your life can move forward theirs. Maybe it's the only way you can truly help her be happy. Obviously, by her, I'm referring to Lady Football. Good save. And Beard's going to walk you all through the rest of the changes. Beats, funk, mixtapes. BFM 89.9. The business station. Look at those two. Look at them scheming. Nothing good has ever come from nerds whispering. Us second floor teachers need to stick together. Those first world people, they don't truly understand us. Oh, I know you're just trying to get my vote, but I do think people overlook our struggle. Not only do we labor more physically to get to our classes, we have to endure the quick-witted teens. We deserve those tickets. Yeah. Oh, you can't be serious. If anyone deserves the tickets, it's me. I'm teaching two classes at once. Hold on. If we're talking about who deserves the tickets, the answer is obvious. The most tenured teacher. So you mean you. With all due respect, I think the ticket should go to the MVP, you know, the young star who gives everyone faith in the franchise again. Or the tickets could go to the most improved player, someone who sacrificed other goals to focus on this one, someone young, someone driven, someone... Handsome. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, okay, Bob, you haven't been a real teacher for even a year yet. No, he has not. If I may interject, I would say that teaching second grade is no picnic. Mm -hmm. Didn't I see your class having a literal picnic the other day? Didn't I see your class watching Lego Batman? I have the most important job in this school. Okay, let's take a deep breath before we say something we don't mean. Oh, shut up, haircut. I ain't teaching kindergarten the most important, Barb. All you do is teach five-year-olds how to use safety scissors. And maybe if your kindergarten teacher had done a better job, you would know that use is not plural for you. Oh, <gasps> somebody swing! PFM 89.9, it is 8.10. You're listening to Popcorn Culture with Sharmila, Arvin and Cam. And we're talking about uh, the evolving world of sitcoms. That was a little bit of Abbott Elementary. Uh, before we get to that, we do want to hear from you as well. What are your favourite sitcoms, both past and present? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So, 
I love Abbott Elementary. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently caught up on all of the episodes. Two seasons are out so far. Yeah. Um, and I think I love it because it reminds me of, uh, of the classic sitcom. It's probably the closest thing I've watched to a classic feel-good sitcom in a very long time. I think it reminds me of stuff like um, The Office and Modern Family, of mm. course, because and of the, the same format. format yeah. Same format. There's a cameraman, the, the invisible cameraman. Um, I don't know if that's why I like the show or if it's because of that, it deals with the with, with important things. It deals with race and and race in the the inner city and and dealing with the education and, for and kids. Uh, pri- privilege, really. Yeah, privilege. Yeah. Um, but it does it in such a 50-50, light-hearted versus this is also important kind of way. Um, and it, it also packs all of that in less than 30 minutes, which is amazing. So you can watch it like over dinner. I can just like, you know, I, I hit, I'm, I'm eating something. I watch a, an episode of Abbott Elementary and then I'm done eating and it's finished. So I love that. Unlike the other, a lot of the other sitcoms that uh, that are newer, like Ted mm, Lasso mm. and so on, they actually stick quite religiously to the 30-minute the sitcom thing. Again, which makes it feel like a traditional sitcom. It also has the ad format. Yes. Because I think because they, they have because it, it was on, on TV. TV. Yeah. On TV, it was on yeah. quote unquote TV. Yeah. Right. I I've I've only watched um, a few episodes. I we're talking about the evolving sitcom. I think this is a sitcom that will be evolving because it'd be interesting to see how many seasons it can do. Mm. Um, because it is so much adhering to a political line as it were. And taste change rapidly. Um, So it'll be interesting to see. I I was put off because of a trope that it had when when it transitioned from the pilot to the season itself. It's wildly popular. Um, It jumped the shark straight away. Now, jumping the shark is itself a sitcom uh, term (laughs) because in the sitcom Happy Days, the Fonz, after like 50 seasons, they had him literally jump a shark. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And people said, well, you've you've really got nowhere else to go, have you? And... Immediately with the character, the principal, she was suddenly, she was like prepping for emergencies. She was a, what do they call them? Emer- uh, a doomsday. Doomsday prepper. Yeah. And, yeah. and so every time you cut to her, she would, she would uh, so just give her a line. Give her a line because we've got nothing else. We don't know what to do with this character. Give her a line. Oh, doomsday prepping. And it was like, you jumped the shark in episode one because you don't know what to do with your character. And and I was like, mm, I don't sure about this one. So again, though, this is a little bit of a throwback thing with sitcoms, right? It used to be that you allowed the story to find its feet and, and kind of take maybe even two seasons before it becomes the show you know and love. I mean, if you think of early seasons of Friends versus the later ones where they, they actually got much defter at what they're trying to do. Um, I wonder whether the, the entertainment landscape that we now operate in means that shows don't have that kind of time. Oh, they never had that time. Oh, you the, don't think so? They hmm. never got given that time. The I, I, If you watch the, the, the ones that have really stood the test of time, with episode one, sometimes they land so assuredly on their feet and you think you're astonished at how brilliantly they did it. But in, in Hollywood, they do this pilot season. Oh, yes. There are hundreds of these pilots done. Everyone's giving it a go and they're immediately yes or no. And most of them are no. And, and that's as far as you get. And then you can get half a season and they'll pull you. Mm. So no one's given two seasons to, to find their feet. I do think with Abbott mm. Elementary, the fact that it is one of 
very few um, non-white story-based sitcoms. Yeah. It's um, very popular. It yeah. is very popular. Yeah. I mean, that's how it's succeeding because people watch it. But will it? how will it evolve? I don't know. So my closest comparison is Scrubs. <clears throat> Sorry. And I think like because it has, you know how Scrubs has, it, it's grounded in a sort of reality. But then it's it also does that absurd thing that you were talking about, Cam. Like it, it has to throw lines to certain characters and all of a sudden they're doomsday preppers or they're sort of outlandish cartoon characters. Like the janitor. Like the janitor. Mm. And mm. It, the, Abbott Elementary has its own janitor as well. So I feel like it, because they established that in the first episode so well that it is grounded in a sort of realism, but they're also these characters that do weird things or, mm. or don't exactly sync with the other characters in terms of logic or common sense. Um, I was able to buy into it. If they threw a character in like mid-season or in season two, especially just to escalate the show okay. or to make it funnier than... Then that's jumping then, the shark. Then that's jumping the shark for me. Okay. I would be like, oh, this. Why is, why is this person here when you establish so well that none of this actually functions this way in this world? Um, but I thought they set up the world quite nicely. I thought the world building was quite well in mm-hmm. that show. So you talked about Scrubs, um, of course, by sitcom stalwart, I think, uh, mm. Bill Lawrence. Um, and I did promise that we'd come back to Daphne's message. Uh, and we did just hear a little bit of Ted Lasso earlier. So Daphne says, I have to disagree with what was mentioned about Ted Lasso on Tuesday. Um, so in our review, Cam, mm. we said we weren't too pleased with where season two and three were going. Okay. Um, And then Daphne goes on to say, I've never not liked Ted Lasso beyond season one. Every season and episode has so many layers. You'll be laughing so hard. It's always followed by such a profound message at the end of the episode. I think it's really an art to be able to do that. And I think Shrinking does the same. Let's not forget How I Met Your Mother in the group of sitcoms with friends and cheers. Uh, You know, Daphne, actually, I liked most of season two. I think I just had... Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I just had issues with how certain characters were treated. I'm still enjoying season three for what it's worth I think the high of season one really season one was almost such a perfect season that it's very it it feels like you keep expecting it to either be that or even better so I love all all of Ted Lasso Um, but I think it's exactly that season one was so good that it set such a high benchmark for every other season that came after. So it's not a bad show at all. Um, If I were to rank it, I would say it's one of my favorite shows on now. It's just that I don't think there was any way subsequent seasons could have lived up to like a perfect first season because it was so unexpected. I didn't expect Ted Lasso to be so funny and charming and meaningful. Like I I honestly didn't expect it to pack so much much sentiment in a show like that. Uh, I, I haven't watched season two. Ah, um, are you planning to? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's 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 hugely popular and it's in step with the growing ownership of football club um, football clubs in the Premier League by Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's the other sitcom too um, with Ryan Reynolds. Is that a documentary? That's a documentary. Oh, I you know, I always thought it was a sitcom. The Rexham. Uh, the Rexham yeah, yeah, I thought Rexham was a sitcom. And I thought it was it came on the wake of Ted Lasso. Oh. No, no, it's a documentary. Oh. Uh, you've got to tune into the football show. I know, uh, I get, do. Get an education. Cam, I occasionally <laughs> listen, I do. Um, I'm a big Jason Sudeikis fan. Were the Millers is one of my favorite mm. movies of all time. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely watch it. It's uh, it's interesting, though, that it is, it is not a popular show in Britain. It's an American show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just... I find it interesting that it's just not popular with the 
the the people in within whom it is set. It is very American style humor, though, isn't it? It's not like um, British comedies. Well, it's not just that. I mean, you're not. You're also that fingertip feel for a culture mm. um, to know how people are going to stand and talk, etc. Because because the the characters of the football fans are actually simpletons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so football fans themselves will be watching. Like, Why am I reduced to being just a moron? I did want to get to some of the messages. So we've got lots of people bringing up local local sitcoms. So Daniel says, any love for Kopitiam? Sharin says, PMI PMI Tantu, that's a sitcom. ABC Destiny says, Pochukang, and then Big Bang Theory. Uh, Atira says, Pochukang. You know what I'm um, surprised that, that it hardly comes up, but it's one of my favorite, not local sitcoms, but regional sitcoms in that same batch. Um, Under One Roof. Oh, yeah. From Singapore. It's a, it's a Singaporean yeah. sitcom. I love that. I think it recently showed up on Netflix, like all seasons, 12 seasons or something like that. I know that Kopitiam for me growing up was huge because suddenly yes. you had this local version of something like Friends. Um, and it felt like, oh, Malaysians can do sitcoms too? How interesting. Yeah, I've actually written a lot of uh, sitcoms for the Malaysian market and uh, none of the ones were listed, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly um, there needs to be more promotion done. It's um, it's a funny thing. When you write a sitcom in Malaysia in English, uh, it, you have to ask yourself so many questions about realism and who are these people, how do they speak, that I don't think British uh, or American writers and directors have to ask themselves for a moment. So there are some repeats, um, some MVPs that are coming up very, very often, quite predictably, friends, uh, Chris Nate, Chichen, Hafiz, Doreen, Joanna, Joy Pereira, Natalie, Jujuja, all saying friends, um, Shariza as well. Um, I mean, how can you not? How can you not? Come on, it's great. I would have been shocked if no one said friends. Um, But also, um, (laughs) as a means to introduce the next clip, we also have tons of people saying Modern Family, Chungsen, Steph, Nurul Kairuni, Yinwei, Hatta, all saying modern family. So, on this side of things, a little bit of modern family, but do send us your favorite sitcoms. You can call 77332900, send us a voice note, or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Mom, this is Kenny, and Dad, you already met. Uh, yeah, first of all, Kenny, sick ponytail. Ah, thanks, man. Kenny designs jeans for our boutique. That reminds me, I got something for you. What are you, uh, 32, 34? What are you, 36, 38? What are you, in my mind? Kenny is kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. What does that fashion website call you again? (laughs) A genius. Spelled like jeans. Mortifying. And a rack star. (laughs) And what was the headline again? Oh, yeah. He's denimite. What an embarrassing week you've been having. Oof, yeah. Mm. Made my bones in men's apparel, and now I'm working with these local boutiques. Just trying to get into girls' jeans. Phil! There's no Phil here. These jeans just slipped on me so perfectly, my name must be Pansarella. Honey, nothing's happening. Young people seek out older mentors all the time. When I was 17, I was really close with my friend Stacy's mom. Mrs. Robinson was a former cheerleader, so she knew just how to massage my legs after practice. She had her own homemade Bengay that didn't burn no matter where she rubbed it on me. If I had the chance to go over there, I never missed an opportunity. I think maybe you did. I'm going to fight him. Bill. No, Claire, I'm going to fight him up real nice. How about you start with a threat? Mm-hmm. Bill, 
Claire, oh, come on. You can't say anything to Kenny. I know why Haley is doing this. She's doing it to get back at you for being so hard on her. I did the same thing to my dad. Trust me, the more it bothers you, the longer he stays. The more we ignore it, the sooner Willie Nelson's on the road again. What you're saying makes sense up here, but it's not what I want to do here. I just feel so damn comfortable down here. Books, figurines, movies. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Oh, hello, you. I'm filming television's Moira Rose. Won't you join me for a little stroll through the slice of paradise I like to call the town where I currently am? Did someone say fine dining? The Cafe Tropical has certainly been described as fine. Oh, hello, Twyla. I'll have the miso flat cod, please. We don't have that. <laughs> you mean you're sold out is more like it. And when it's time to escape the hustle and bustle of the downtown core, you'll find all the peace and solitude your body craves here at our local apothecary. No noisy customers or busy cash registers here to intrude upon your inner cogitations. It's not usually this quiet. Oh, it's always nice and quiet here. Can you stop saying that? And finally, when it's time to lay down your weary head, you'll find comfort and safety at the partially renovated Rosebud Motel. And don't forget to say hello to your handsome proprietor, Mr. Jonathan Rose. Thank you for having us. John, no. So why wait? Book your vacation now to this humble little oasis. If heaven had a creek, it would be this one. FM 89.9. It is 8.25. You're listening to Popcorn Culture with Sharmila, Arvin and Cam. And we're talking about sitcoms. Send us your favourites. You can call 77332900. Uh, WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, that was a little bit of, and I'm allowed to say this because this is a name, Shits Creek. Um, and we have a number of people. Uh, we have uh, Dib Bobby saying uh, Shits Creek, Friends, Frasier, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Lisa also saying that show. I think I've maxed out the number of times I can say. <laughs> Such a censorship minefield. I know. Um I love the show and and yeah. truly I think again it does it it does the f- sitcom format very well but it also feels like it's doing something else something slightly edgier and a bit quirkier um that show is for me it's a testament of how sitcoms have found this new life or like an alternative life on streaming services because I remember tuning in and catching the first season when it was on not Fox, it was FX, FX on Astro. Um, and I caught the first season, then it was years and years and years before I think multiple seasons showed up on Netflix. And I think uh, it, it happened during the pandemic, so I know a lot of other people also caught on to the show. And then I remember it became like a viral thing online. Oh, yes, it was a pandemic show for me pandemic too. Pandemic show, mm. right? And one of my favorite pandemic discoveries, quote unquote. Um, and I remember that it got memed and it went. a lot of the clips went viral. Um, it found a whole new... Life, And I think that's the same, uh, that's the case for a lot of other sitcoms that have sort of like limited releases or are shown on these sort of uh, niche channels. They get a lot of exposure on streaming services, especially if it's on the big ones like uh, Netflix. I know they showed it. I I, I like the show. I Mm. like the show. I I don't find it as addictive 
as uh, many another. And we had a mm. clip earlier from Modern Family. And I have issues with Modern Family, but it's still very addictive. And, and gosh, the amount of words in Modern Family, the speed, mm. talking about yeah. the evolving, because you have no laugh track, uh, single camera, they just like bang, 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 bang. With uh, the Canadian show, <laughs> the Canadian <laughs> sitcom, what, what, what I find interesting is it's, it's a nice show. Mm-hmm. Nice things happen. I mean, the, the central characters have a bad situation at the, the very beginning, but then it becomes sort of nice. And that distinguishes it from a lot of other sitcoms where Seinfeld, for instance, not nice. Mm. Uh, Two and a Half Men, not nice. People are not nice to each other. Mm. So I think that it can appeal to people because you're safe. You're going to watch it. It's going to be okay. You won't feel squirmy or awkward. So on that point about nice shows or nice characters, a couple of messages with some, I want to say, controversial picks. Uh, Kwan Yi says... This is an underrated pick, Fleabag, and Daphne is back to say, was the show with Ricky Gervais in a nursing home a sitcom? I thought that was really good. I forgot the name. I think she means Afterlife. I think it's uh, Derek. Oh, Derek, right. Afterlife, mm. his dad is in a nursing the home. nursing home. But same vibe, no? Same vibe. So, yeah, I've got unlikable... issues with Ricky Gervais. I ah. don't like Ricky Gervais. But oh, I loved Afterlife, though. I, I thought it was a brilliant show. I don't know about it being a, a, a sitcom, but really, again... Are shows like Fleabag and, and Afterlife sitcoms? In, British, the in, the British con- it? in the British context. No, I mean, in the British context, you've had Fleabag-ish type things for a long time. Uh, usually with men, actually, though. Mm. <laughs> Not with a woman. Um, kind of that bad taste uh, kind of style. But not just bad taste, right? Like actually having this undercurrent of tragedy and trauma and, yeah. and mm. people... So dr- drama Facing difficult and comedy. Yeah, dramedy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, 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 it's it's a it's a fairly common zone mm. on on British TV. Although, I mean, what she's done is very new. So, is Afterlife a sitcom? Because I f- I find it one of the it is one of the funniest shows that I had seen that year when it came out. But it's also very sad and very melancholic. And he's dealing with something. He's he is inherently a, a super sad character. I feel like if I cried more after an episode <laughs> than laughed, yeah. maybe I won't think of it as a sitcom. And certainly with Afterlife, my sum takeaway from a lot of the episodes was that I, I was left not not distressed, but certainly feeling melancholic, mm. which isn't, I mean, like that's not what a sitcom does. Fleabag also, while you laugh at things, I, I left inherently feeling melancholic, not uplifted and happy. But Fleabag has that sort of snappy pacing, right? Because mm. of the way she talks and how everything moves. It has that um, very kinetic energy to it. So I would I would classify it as a sort of sitcom. I mean, if we didn't have like all the nuance brackets, if I was forced to choose, I would say it's kind of a sitcom. If, if you were not calling it a sitcom, what would you call it then? I wouldn't call it a drama. I wouldn't call it... It's not even a normal TV show. It's half an hour. It's just a comedy it's not a mm, mm. i suppose dramedy dramedy uh, covers a lot of ills right it, it can be yeah. anything you kind of want it to be um i don't know if i love that that tag though it, it feels very convenient it and neither here like nor a there. cheat yeah right? why do you dislike ricky gervais gap i i i have issues with i feel that um the office is 
it, there's a lot of bullying in Ricky Gervais. In the British office? Yeah, and also in, in the other stuff he's done on his own where he sent his friend and assistant off to foreign climes to sort of laugh at foreigners oh, yeah. and, mm. and laugh at him. Laugh at this. I forgot the guy's name now. Um, and the laughter was very cruel and I thought very ugly. And then I got a pet. I love animals. But somebody who's so kind of like pets are more more important than humans. Mm. There's something sinister about that, quite frankly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll check out the afterlife thing one day. It's a good show. Yeah. I mean, there yeah. are moments in the extras where... Oh, extras is brilliant. Yeah, though. where I have tears in my eyes, mm. etc. That may also be because I was, I was watching it in flight, and apparently the lack of oxygen makes <laughs> you laugh more. But uh, I, there's some, I, I'm very deeply suspicious of Ricky Gervais, the man. Can I, can I expand on that a bit? Um, so I always have to bring up, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, whenever we're talking about uh, sitcoms or comedies, it's my favorite, favorite, favorite Funny thing. Show. Funny and show. And unlikable Funny people. And super unlikable mm. people. But I think what they do is the opposite of uh, Ricky Gervais. Um, like you said, so Ricky Gervais likes to do, I don't know if you call it like outward comedy, so he finds someone to make fun of, whereas mm. they are making fun of themselves. Yeah. The things they do mm. are, are so inherently dumb dumb that you laugh at them for thinking this way yeah. um and i love that show it's 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 the longest running sitcom of all time it's on Is season it? yeah yeah season 16 or 15 16 17 wow. something like that um, I, I think with that it. show also they are their own unit and the camera never leaves leaves that yeah. unit so you are inside their head mm. and and it's a disgusting head. It's a disgusting head. But yeah. you're not you're not really outside <laughs> looking in you're you're you've been invi- invited into that world Whereas the, the, the Ricky Gervais ones, you are outside looking in. The the character that um, Stephen Carell played in the American one, the the the, the main guy in the office, it's, mm-hmm. it's just. I mean, we yeah, you're right. You're laughing at him. Yeah, which is actually very rare for a British comedy as well. They don't mm-hmm. normally do that. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia is a very funny. It's an show. amazing show. We should do heroin. It's like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Depraved and degenerate. But yeah. I kind so of funny. feel like we're skirting the line about what we're allowed to say on oh, the show. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm going to pivot quickly away from that. <laughs> Back to something wholesome. Uh, I did want to get through, because we're getting so many and, and we are going to run out of time. So let's do a sort of quick blitz through mm-hmm. what people are saying are their favorites. So... Um, Shafinas, Maslina, and Bugul Von Noodle are all saying the nanny. Bugul Von Noodle, in yeah. fact, is saying, has anyone mentioned the nanny? Nanny's this great. is the first time it's come up. Um, I love the nanny. It's probably one of the early sitcom favorites for me. And, and daytime, because here they used to show it in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, early sitcom favorite for me. I cannot watch it today. Um, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I can. I can. I, I, and I have, very recently. I, oh. I watched the whole season. It was like funny, funny, funny. Also, The Nanny is famous because it had the best studio audience. And and in, mm. in, in the Hollywood, it became famous for that. And everybody wanted to hire The Nanny audience. Were they just oh. not real people? No, they're real people. But she uh, worked on having a very good relationship with her audience. So I've heard that, that it's great fun. Um, I remember reading that it's great fun to watch Fran Drescher or rather hmm. be around Fran Drescher on set um, because she loves the audience interaction. Yeah. She'd often come out and talk to them before the show, and which is so interesting, right? Because 
a lot of these new sitcoms are not the live audience thing at all. No, Ooh, so no. she she cultivated her own. Yes, yeah. and oh. I, if I remember rightly, I think Frasier in particular would take that audience and take them over to the Frasier sh- sh- uh, screenings. So Chris says, "I love Thirty Rock. Tina Fey is an amazing writer, and the timing is what makes it so special." Thirty Rock never comes up. It's it's one of the shows that I yeah. feel have. Been. I also never think of it until someone else mentions yeah. it. Even though I actually legitimately love that show. I love that show so much. It's been buried by a bunch of other shows from the time it left um, broadcast, and it's not on any streaming service. I can't find. Oh, it. it's on Peacock, which we don't get here. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Ibrahim says, I grew up watching Charles in Charge, Who's the Boss, The Cosby Show, amongst others. I think the humor and what we found funny and laughed at then was somewhat different from now. The jokes are cruder now, I think. Oh, well, different strokes for different folks. That's an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. Are jokes cruder now? Yes. I think 100%. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were just talking about it. All, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, but that's that's an outlier, isn't it? I mean, well, on yeah. streaming, you can I, say anything you want. You can say Der- Dairy Girls. Well, okay, Dairy Girls is, is British, so it's a little different. Modern Family is Modern Family crude. It's very no, it's wholesome. It's isn't it? No, I think it's crude. Yeah, in in, in bits and pieces, not mm. always. Okay. So I think what they can sort of play around with and get away with has also changed, right? The implying of certain things that happen in bed and whatever, which they couldn't do with Who's the Boss or Charles in Charge. No, no because I mean they're set with children. I mean. Mm. <laughs> Husni says I think it's easier to group sitcoms based on the decade that they were aired each decade has a distinct similarity and uh, a distinct similarity in a feel somehow for instance Gilligan's Island Bewitched in the 60s Mork and Mindy Three's Company in the 70s and so on Uh, Judy Mm. also says Mork and Mindy and Alf yeah I I think that that splitting it into decades is probably a good idea but for me I grew up in England so therefore all the British ones are very much uh, on a par with all of those, and, mm. and I'd say Blackadder would would have to be there. And uh, and that, someone asked me earlier about Mr. Bean. Never a fa- favorite with me, but I think that it's one of the biggest Massive. in the world. Mr. Bean is great, but is it is it a sitcom? If you follow my definition, which is yeah. a half hour of comedy, then it's a is sitcom. Is Mr. Bean half hour or shorter? Isn't it like actually just? Five minutes or ten minutes. Well, yeah, but there would be there would be several five minutes yeah. in the half. Yeah. So maybe in my head, I, I maybe think of it like sketch comedy, but it's not because it's it's actually filmed on set. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. it's and it's always Mr. Bean. It's yes. always him. Yeah. So and it's timeless. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Bean yeah. is yeah because physical comedy that kind of mm. um, no language. Yeah, which is it's why gone. people should actually go back and check out I Love Lucy. Oh, I love Lucy. Because yeah. yes. the physical comedy. And if, if if nothing else, check out the famous Chocolate Factory skit. I sometimes That's watch it. the Chocolate Factory scene just to get a laugh on a so bad day. So damn funny. Uh, Danny says, do you even need to ask? Married with children, nothing comes close. Oh, that's one I haven't heard in a very in a long, long time. time. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I thought it was, I really, I actually enjoyed that show. I think I was a little too... See, that was crude. That was a crude show. <laughs> it's I, very crude. No, you're yeah. right. It was a very crude show. And yeah. in fact, um, I was a little too young to appreciate Married with Children. Um, and then, of course, when both of them popped up in other sitcoms, um, Eight Simple Rules, um, The Mom, and then... And Modern Family, right? And then Modern yeah. Family. Um, I was so excited to see... Oh, gosh, I'm blanking on the actor's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, Jay in Modern Family. Yeah. Um, I was so excited to see him. Lynette says, The Cosby Show, Mind Your English. I think she might mean Mind Your Language. Mind Your Language. Mind Your Language. The Cosby Show, Mind Your Language, Community, but not the last two seasons, Big Bang Theory. Ooh, not the last two seasons. I found That's very specific. That's (laughs) after Donald Glover left. 
Oh, right. I, I, I'm inclined to agree that community did sort of dip after he left. Uh, yeah, I'll go along with that. Mm-hmm. I, but uh, Big Bang Theory, I, I am watching on repeat cons- constantly huh. because I think mainly because I, I, the, the world is so ugly <laughs> that I, I need a place to retreat to. And to be in the company of these people, and not that I really wanted to hang out with them, but just I know who they are. Isn't that the purpose of... You just described the purpose of sitcoms. I think I, think right? I may have done, actually. Yeah. I think you're right. I think yeah. I may have done. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and, and th- I think the shine off of most sitcoms uh, goes away mm. when you start feeling like you don't want to spend time with these people. Yeah. Um, I know I felt that way about Big Bang Theory after a few seasons. Same with How I Met Your Mother, which both of which I loved very much in the early seasons. But as they went on, for me, it started feeling like, mm, I don't think this is the feel I want anymore. Also, it's very interesting that like the last two seasons of Community were were put apart. Like it doesn't work with the with the other parts of the show. Because I feel when you binge something, like when it shows up on streaming and you binge the entire show, you don't actually see drops in quality. Yeah, because you're not watching it week to yeah. week and, and having that break in between seasons. Mm. Yeah, um, it's probably why Ted Lasso, because it's one of the few um, sitcoms off late yeah. that I'm watching week to week, yeah. um, that it, I can feel it quite starkly why... You know, season three feels significantly different in tone from the previous one. A mm. um, couple of other people bringing up community as well, Amos as well as Nisha. Nisha says community up till season three at least. Um, Rish, meanwhile, says my favorite, my most favorite sitcoms of all time are The Big Bang Theory and How I Met Your Mother. These two really set the benchmark for me. I always have these two shows running in the back when I'm doing menial tasks at home. <laughs> Some of my other favorites are A Minute with Stan Hooper. Does anyone know this? No. Two Broke Girls, A Man mm. with a Plan. Uh, Friends alum. Current ongoing sitcom I like is Young Sheldon. Oh, that's a Big Bang Theory spinoff. They really don't make them like Big Bang Theory and How I Met Your Mother anymore. Yeah, Man with the Planet, I think that only lasted one season. Um, That was uh, Matt Matt LeBlanc. Oh, Oh, that one. Oh, he's done a few that didn't really work very well, hasn't he? And it wasn't as bad as you think. It was okay. I like the one where he played, um, which one is it? Where he played a, 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 a sitcom version of himself, movie star. L- um, letters? Uh, uh, n- uh, notes? Pages? So, yeah, something like pages. letters. Scripts. Pages. <laughs> scripts, something like that. <laughs> because the, the, the people who wrote his scripts were English. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it was, yeah. it's actually a British show shot entirely in Britain, but um, it looked yes. like Hollywood. Uh, Tony says, Saved by the Bell, My Secret Identity, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Nanny, just nostalgic value for me, I guess. Have you mentioned Mr. Bean yet? We just we did. Just did. We just did. Um, I love the Saved by the Bell shout because um, that was the, the sort of background Which noise to my childhood. High school, uh, high school sitcom, purely for teenagers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think I'm mixing it up with um, Freaks and Geeks. That's a movie, right? Yeah, movie. Wasn't it a show, Seth Rogen? Oh, well, so Seth Rogen, James I, Franco. I grew up with Saved by the Bell, Sister, Sister, Blossom. So these cool. are all That's like all for girls. Yeah, yeah, it's all for teenage girls. Sitcoms <laughs> for teenage girls is the genre. Oh. Um, just to close off, um, Cheryl saying, less popular opinion, mine, my all-time favorite, Everyone Loves Raymond, reminds me of my mom or family. Um, oh. and not so unpopular, actually, Cheryl, because on Instagram, Kays, uh, Sarb Sidhu, Sophia Abdullah, Darsh, all saying everybody loves Raymond. A lot of Indian names mentioned there. <laughs> Particular cultural understanding there. <laughs> well, Italian I, family. Yeah, exactly, Indian family, yes. Yeah. yeah. I found 
with, with I was watching Everybody Loves Raymond. I suddenly realized if I was inside that world, yep. I would find it deeply unhappy experience. It's a nightmare. Yeah. 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 Raymond was funny when I was younger. As I became older and closer to maybe being married, I realized I would never want to be in this family. <laughs> no, so I, I still think he, as a character, he's funny. Um, and, as and a comedian, Ray Romano he's funny. is such a good actor. Yeah. Um, I just find the, the context that he's put into very annoying at times. It, it depends. Like if it's only him doing something or being stuck in a weird situation, the episodes are still funny. His mm. family is kind of insufferable yeah. to me. Ravin says, the only sitcom I've truly enjoyed, despite having watched it over and over again for years, is The Office. There's just something relatable about the characters, even after Michael Scott left. Ooh, I might disagree with that last part. I think the yeah. show really dipped after Steve Carell left, but I love The Office. I... I I, I liked it. I like it. Um, I f- was surprised I didn't love it. The Office hmm. overall? Hmm. Ah. The US one. Okay. It's like, I was thinking, oh, I'm, I'm going to settle down. I'll watch like 10 seasons in one go. And it's like, oh, I'll stop now. <laughs> well, we do have to um, close off, but I thought we'd end by um, sharing. What is the newest sitcom that you're excited about or that you're watching that you'd recommend? Oh, newest sitcom. Newest. It doesn't oh have to God. be newly released, but something that you've just gotten on to recently. Oh. Well, what, what is uh, new? New is hmm. a year or something? Or, uh... It can be 30 years old, but you've just started watching. Oh, okay. Phew. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dairy Girls. Nice. Uh, it's, 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 it's genius. Acting genius. The, the girls in it, they're mm-hmm. actually like 30 years old. Um, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Mine, I think, would actually be Superstore, which I've been watching recently and binging. Um, Great. uh, I'm not diminishing it. It was great dinner time, half hour. It's a great sitcom that's just funny enough, doesn't require too much of your attention. Um, Yeah, I think it's a great watch. And there are six seasons, so plenty of time to keep you occupied. So mine's actually animated, um, but I think it still qualifies as a sitcom. Um, F is for family. So Bill Burr voices the the lead, the main character. Um, there's a lot of shouting, just like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's it's very crude. Um, I love the comedy. So I, I've just started watching it. I, I would recommend it. I, I, I So far, so good. So we've been talking about sitcoms and how they're evolving. We'd love to still hear from you. We read your messages, even if we don't get to them on air. Tell us what your favorites are. You can call us. You can send us a voice note. You can WhatsApp us. You can tweet us. And thank you for listening. This is Popcorn Culture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.